Miracy. I'm Ali Mashadi, and you're listening to Making It. I'm the chief ally, CEO and founder of a business called The Writer's Ally, and we help serious authors to write, publish, and sell more high-quality books so that they can have a bigger impact in the world. I have always been one of those very fortunate and to some people perhaps very annoying people who has always known what she's interested in and what she wants to do. Um, I was reading at a very early age. I was three years old when I started reading. And my mother loves to tell people about how even at those early, early years, I would make books out of construction paper and crayons and you know, tell these elaborate stories that, of course, I couldn't even write yet, <laughs> but I would give the books to people. And I would tell people that one day I was, I was going to be a writer and a book publisher, that I was going to make books for people because I loved to read so much. My mother was an elementary school math teacher, and my father was a pharmacist. They taught me to read very early, of course. The reason I think that I started reading so early myself was because my parents both read a lot of books to me. You know, I, I was the Sesame Street generation. But honestly, even though they both liked to read, it wasn't something in particular that came through the family. Nobody else in my family was involved in writing or publishing in any way. And they certainly, while they you know, still like to pick up a book now and then, was never quite the level of reading in my family that there was with me. In fact, one of my early, early successes was when I wrote a play. Uh, at the age of nine, I wrote a play called Fairy Tale Forest. That was an early cross genre. <laughs> you know, these days it's very common to have character types from lots of different fantasy genres, but back then it was a pretty new thing. And I had a really supportive teacher in school who ran the gifted arts program. So it was like extra enrichment, things that they would pull us out to do. And I wrote the bulk of this play in her classroom and before school actually started. I would spend time in her room and I worked on this play. And when I was finished, she helped me to submit it to a magazine called Creative Kids Magazine. And it was published, which was really, really exciting. And my principal and all of my teachers, again, were very supportive. And they actually made it possible for me to perform the play for all the parents. It was like a special evening. They invited the Parent Teacher Association, everybody to come. And it really became a huge thing. I ran auditions. I had students who came and got different parts in the play. We made the sets ourselves with the help of the art teacher. We held rehearsals. It was really kind of amazing that they let us do all of this. And while I'm sure that I had supervision, in my memory, there really wasn't interference. I mean, we ran the show, I ran the show, and it was um, just a really amazing thing as a young person to see for the first time something I had created, something I had imagined and written and put on paper come to life in that way. It really taught me how a somewhat intangible thing can become a tangible experience that so many other people can enjoy. And uh, depending on the content and the message, even more than enjoy, it can become life-changing, as I learned much later with nonfiction and self-help and books and stuff like that when I got into that world as an adult. I loved being an independent worker. It really spoke to me on a lot of different levels. I enjoyed being in control of the kind of projects I took on. I enjoyed having much more of a creative role. Even as an editor, when you're working with an author, it's still 
very much a creative and collaborative process. It's the author's vision. You're trying to help them get to that vision. But it is so much more than scheduling meetings and sending papers around and you know, just a lot of the other things that have to happen when you're working in a large company. It was a, a much more direct and, and tapped in kind of work that I loved so much. So I loved doing it. So I just found that the more time went by, the more things changed. It, it never got boring. It never stopped being interesting. And as much as I love books specifically and the written word and, and everything in that world, in the publishing world, I think I came to realize that my true love was, in fact, the entrepreneurship and the challenge of building that out of nothing. You know, that same kind of skill set, building a business out of nothing, having a vision, bringing people together to help me reach that vision, to create something that could be a vehicle for change in the world. That itself became really exciting, and it still is. I don't know if there's any one definitive moment that I could point to where I could say, this was it. This was the moment where I felt like I made it. But I do remember very clearly when my first ghostwriting project had been printed. It was a beautiful, four-color, glossy interior design book, what we would call a coffee table book, you know, large, heavy print pages. They had even embossed the cover in like a kind of silk pattern. It was an incredibly beautiful book. I was out with friends at one of those holiday fairs, a, a local s historical town did this thing where they would have the shops open extra late around the holiday time so people could get shopping done and sort of make it festive. And we tucked into one of the shops was a home goods type of store, you know, a design store. And there in the display, there was this beautiful velvet chaise lounge and candles and, you know, this whole little moment that they had created to show off their furniture and their decorative items. And sitting there on the chaise lounge was my book, <laughs> the book that I had ghostwritten. And even though it didn't have my name on it, it was so exciting to see it there, a real thing out in the wild, so to speak. And I kind of hid in the corner and I watched so many people that came by the display picked the book up to look at it because the book itself was so attractive and such a piece of art. And my friends were so excited for me and we took all these pictures and I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. It was definitely, uh, if not the moment I felt like I had made it, certainly one of those really pivotal moments in my career. my impression is it's especially true for online entrepreneurs that the journey is never ending. I don't know. I don't know if there's, I wonder sometimes if the reason I can't easily point to any one given moment and saying that's the moment when I made it is because those moments keep happening and I think they'll always continue to happen. But even the small things I think are really instructive when you're eyeball deep in something and you work alone. Even if you have a team like I do, you, know, you sort of have your head down, you're doing your thing, you're serving your clients, you're making your impact, you're meeting your goals, but you lose a kind of perspective about how special it is that you're doing this, how special it really is to create something out of nothing, to create a livelihood out of nothing. I mean, here I am now in 2023. It's been more than a decade, almost, almost 20 years that I've been doing this on my own now. I've managed to make a living and help people's dreams come true and change people's lives by extension, you know, through all of these books. So you lose sight what a gift that is until you go to a party or you're visiting with family, someone you haven't seen in a while. 
and you see how other people respond to the things that you've almost started to take for granted. So I wouldn't say there's one moment then where I could point to and say, I've made it, but certainly you feel that you are making it when you can look around and you can see how what you're doing is impacting so many other people. I'm Ali Mashadi, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find more about me and my team at thewritersally.com. Making It is part of the Mira CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermont and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is supervising producer. Danny Eni, that's me, is executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, please give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.